Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of Between the Hash Marks. I'm your trusty host, Sean McCabe, alongside my amazing co-host, James Kokluck. James, how the hell are you? And how about the breaking news we just had a few hours ago from your New York Jets, Teddy Bridgewater to the Saints in exchange for a third round draft pick how do you feel you love it this is what you wanted right teddy bridgewater for a pick yeah yeah i I think the silence says enough (laughs) that's how my day has gone today work has been absolutely off the walls today i just got out of work what uh, 15 minutes ago yep uh it's been it was absolutely crazy because we have the short week because of labor day so it's just one of those days at work that everybody has every nobody's doing their freaking job no, no, not necessarily. It's just super busy. Yeah. So it's just like things piling on, piling on, piling on. And then I see Teddy Bridgewater gets traded. I'm like, all right, maybe the Jets made a nice move today. It's an awesome It's going to, nope. yeah, for a third-round pick. I've got a huge problem with this because look at what Sam Bradford fetched back two years ago when the Vikings thought they had a team to go to the Super Bowl yep. and they lost their quarterback. Yep. A first-round pick. Tell me that a quarterback will not get injured this year. It happens at least once, whether it's after the trade deadline or before. Now, you're banking on it happening before. Last year was Carson Wentz. Happens every year to a team that's contending. They lose their quarterback, and they will overpay for a quarterback if there's one on the market. Teddy Bridgewater could have sat on the bench. He could have been the third string. He could have not dressed. He could have helped, you know, you know, move along, Sam Darnold, so, so you, you and then you and then you get the most for his value. You you didn't have so, to trade him for another ten weeks. So do you think him sitting on the bench that increases his value? Because I think I think we see him right now. We see him playing very well, and you think, okay, yes, this is this is one of the highest it could be at, unless he starts the regular season, and then then you. But like, why have him start the regular season when him and Sam Darnold are kind of playing equally in the preseason? So. I feel like the Jets kind of had this mindset of, like, we need to dish him out because no matter what we get for him, it's going to be positive value. And you have to admit that. It is technically positive value. It could have been more. It could have been more. Tell me something. Tell me right now. Now, I'm going to throw out a hypothetical because it hasn't happened yet. Let's say, for instance, Ben Roethlisberger gets injured. Yeah. Week 7. They go with Mason Rudolph, or would they trade a possible first rounder for Teddy Bridgewater, considering they have a team that could contend for a Super Bowl this well, year? Well, if it was Week Seven, I don't think I think the trade deadline's like Week Six. But to right. use, yeah, no, e- I, I, know, e- just, I, I, I thought I, it was Week Eight for yeah, some it reason. Maybe Week Eight, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, I think Teddy Bridgewater would be like the better option, obviously. And, so why why wouldn't they do that? There are teams out there that would overpay in the right situation, and if you know what. If I think they're afraid that, of I think they're afraid of like him sitting on the bench because they want to start Darnold because he's they're both better than McCown. McCown's going to be a great coach mentor. Player, he's going to be he's so, going to be that uh uh who, the, when the Jets drafted uh, Sanchez they had Mark Brunel. Same, yes, same, yes, type of same kind of situation. And I, I think they're afraid of losing value from him because they know they're not going to start him because there's no point in starting Bridgewater because you can just put Darnold out there, go through the bumps and bruises. I think the first six or seven games for the Jets really isn't that bad. They could they could really get, like, seemingly go three and four maybe. And like that's like I'm hoping if, if, it's if like three, two and three, four. It, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I want that. You know, I want to be able to have a solid draft next year. 
because we're not winning a Super Bowl this year. Why not move Sam Darnold? Start him like they. It was came out. Well, he it, is it, going to start. It's gonna, yeah, but, he's going to start. So yeah. I think I think anything with as long as you don't go one and fifteen or two and fourteen, I think anything other than that is a positive. If you end up going seven and nine. Yeah, you'll have the fifteenth pick, but you but you saw your rookie quarterback just win you seven games, the most amount of games. I would you be wanted. content with that. Yeah, I would. So um, again, you, you get what you want with Darnold actually. I have playing. them going five and eleven, which is ideal for me. Okay. Uh, I, we're not winning anything this year, so why have a winning record? Uh, I want to see. I, I would love to see the Jets win five games and lose eleven by three points each game. <laughs> yeah. So they're in every game, yeah. but they get that high draft pick, yeah, so I, I can see you. best of both sides. So, but what's this say about Teddy Bridgewater, though? I mean, Sean Payton, he's one of the best offensive minds in the league, and he sees Teddy Bridgewater as well. Hell, Drew Brees might be gone next year. I need a backup. This is, you got to think this has something to say about Teddy Bridgewater that he's going to be good, and then, uh, I think Bridgewater's going to be phenomenal. But and then that also says even more about Darnold because Darnold kind of outplayed him in the preseason. I would say a smidge. Tony Romo came out and said, <laughs> "You you have Tom Brady right now. He is the goat. Yeah. You have Aaron Rodgers, who is the best quarterback in the league right now." And then the next words that came out of his mouth were. Sam Darnold is next. No, I I think Sam. And Darnold, I love it. I think as soon as Brady is retired, the Jets. If they don't, I mean, we're we're talking about the Jets here. So they have they they you know it firsthand. They find a way to screw everything, everything. good up. Everything. But like th- this is the kind of guy that can be good and like dominate a division for ten years. And not he could dominate it for more than that. He's going to be the no, youngest quarterback I'm saying, I'm saying minimum, yeah. to ever start an NFL game. Yeah. The record is hold, held yep. by Drew Bledsoe right now, twenty one yeah, years I think, and two hundred and ninety days. Sam Darnold's going to be twenty one years and like ninety seven days. I think it is. Okay. It'll yeah, be the that's... youngest ever to start a, start an NFL game at quarterback, and uh, if he plays till he's thirty five, thirty seven, and has a great career, I mean, the Jets could be looking at being on top of the AFC East for quite some time after Brady retires. Yeah, abso- absolutely. All right, cool. I also want to um, talk about the competition that we have going on. It's twenty five dollars. It's a confidence pick'em where you pick every NFL game every week against the spread. And you give that game a confidence rating. Say there are 16 games in a week, and you think the Lions are absolutely going to destroy the Jets week one. Then you pick the Lions, and you give that game a 16. And, okay, another game. You're not too sure about the Patriots and Texans. So you pick the Texans because you hate the Patriots and anybody who likes them, but you but you really don't know who's going to win that game. You give that game a confidence rating of 1, and that's how the points are kept for the entire year. You can be absolutely terrible at picking games, but say you get the four games you feel the most confident about, and those are correct. Well, hell, you're you're in the mix of just about everything for for the cash prize, and all you need is a Yahoo account. This is on Yahoo, and just message James or myself. You can get all of our contact info on Facebook or Instagram if you just search between the hash marks. Also. We will be going to two episodes per week, so that'll be extremely exciting. James will be hosting the very first one all by himself because I'll be doing some intense scouting at the Virginia Tech FSU game. And by intense scouting, I mean doing keg stands outside of Doak Campbell Stadium. But we have an absolutely loaded show for you today. We are going to go through our final NFL division, the NFC West Although our special guest, <laughs> he bailed on us because he was uh, too afraid to face me in, the, in debating. You know what, James? James, not everybody can do what you do. And now listen, you listen to me spew my BS all day and you fight back. And some people, they just can't handle the pressure. So I want to give you a little bit of a round of applause here. 
we're also going to be going over our week one college picks from the six biggest games that we feel that are this week. And it's going to be against the spread. But first, it's time for my opening rant. Your number one source for sports. You know who I can't stand? Kevin Durant. He looks like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton had a kid. Now, who can argue with that? I hate Boston. I'm the biggest Miami Heat hater you'll ever meet. I just don't understand where you're getting your bogus information from. What the hell are you even talking about? Well, I'm sorry you're too freaking sensitive to handle the truth. You think I'm crazy? I'm just getting warmed up. You're now between the hash marks with James Koklak and Sean McCabe. You ever hear the phrase, if you don't learn from history, then you're doomed to repeat it? Well, certain NFL teams and coaches are starting to learn from history by benching their starters for the entire preseason, or they only have them play a single quarter for the entire preseason. Why, you may ask? Because they're tired of their star players getting hurt before week one. Can we finally admit that we are at a point where we need to get rid of the preseason? Let's stop this false narrative that we need to keep the preseason so that the players can get in shape. It's a complete fallacy. The NFL needs to get rid of the preseason because it's totally unnecessary except for injuring players and ruining careers. And I'll tell you why. Preseason is unnecessary because it is not actually, it's not used to get players in shape. And if you think that it is, you need to do a little bit of deeper level thinking. So most players, they practice pretty hardcore for about two or three months before training camp even starts. And this is not rookies. Rookies, are they're playing college ball. They're getting prepared for the draft. They're, they're, as soon as they get drafted, they're going to the camp. They're, they're playing football from the previous college season whenever spring training, spring practices begin all the way for the next year and a half. They're getting in shape. So all those, this is just normal players. Probably two or three months training before training camp even opens. Then they go to training camp. And they have intense practices every single day. And some days they have multiple practices like or a practice in a walkthrough or multiple walkthroughs. Just something crazy where it's, it's, it's physical and, and it explores the mind. They also scrimmage their offenses against their defenses. First team against second team, second team against first team, first team against first team, you name it. They also have joint practices with other NFL teams. And they have scrimmages against these other NFL teams where they probably run about 100 to 150 plays per offense. And you think four more preseason games are going to show the coaches something that they they don't already know? You think the four preseason games are going to get the guys more in shape? You think preseason games are more valuable to a team than actual practices or scrimmages where they can clearly get more done in a more efficient manner as a spectator. Is this something you really want to be watching on TV? Now, I understand you going down to training camp and watching, but that's totally different watching a team do drills or do seven-on-sevens as opposed to watching a terrible product on TV. Playing these four preseason games only makes athletes more susceptible to injuries such as illegal hits and concussions, something the NFL is desperately trying to reduce. Well, if you get rid of the four games, then you'll reduce those injuries and you won't have to make huge settlements to retired players who now have CTE playing your game. 
How must it feel to get a concussion in such a meaningless game that literally means nothing, especially if you're already a star player? The NFL must get rid of the preseason games for another reason. The smart teams, they aren't even playing their starters. Brady has played one half this entire preseason. David Johnson, I believe it's one quarter. Zach and Deke, <laughs> Zeke and Dak, sorry, hardly anything at all. So the NFL isn't even getting these players for a quarter every game, more like a quarter for the entire freaking preseason. You're next going to come up with the argument, well, these players need to get game ready. Okay, so all that stuff I just mentioned isn't going to get them game ready? Hmm, very interesting. I believe there is some college football on this weekend, you know, Washington, Auburn, Miami, LSU. You plan on watching some of these games this weekend, right? Oh, but I I thought we needed the preseason to have a good product. You don't, I mean, you you do know college doesn't have any type of preseason, right? No preseason at all. They just practice their asses off every day to get game ready. The real reason why these teams don't want to give up the four preseason games is because they actually do bring in some sort of revenue. Everybody's so football hungry that they can't wait for preseason. They, They end up tuning in, even if it's a terrible product. So getting rid of the four games It gets rid of revenue, and I get that. Well, here's a brilliant idea. You get rid of the four preseason games, and instead, you play two more regular season games, and you add a second bye week, so every team gets now gets more rest. Boom. Everybody wins. You have less total games from 20 down to 18 games. That's good for the players. You now have two bye weeks. That's good for the players and good for the owners, too. And the league... And they now have this look of we care more because we're letting players get more rest. That's one of the biggest biggest problems with the NFL. They don't, it seems like they don't even care about the players that they have. You now have more games that bring in a higher revenue, which is good for the owners and the league itself. And stop worrying about a bad product. Sundays will be fine. Yes, we'll have the occasional Thursday night snooze fest. But that's bound to happen. College football is proof that we do not need the preseason one bit. Coming up next, we got the final NFL division, the NFC West. Do you have the overwhelming urge to advertise something where it'll only reach 100 people? Well, don't we have the perfect thing for you? Right here, we will sell you this 30-second spot for whatever commercial you want, as long as you let us put this music with it. This music will be by Audionautics and Jason Shaw. Isn't this music fantastic? We sure think so. And that's why we're going to make you listen to it for a few more seconds. Now, back to the greatest sports podcast ever to be conceived. Man, that Aaron Rodgers deal is unreal. I couldn't believe when I saw it happen right after the Teddy trade. Yes, right after. Um, I read something that said he is going to make... Every 24 hours for the next 200 days, he's going to make $200,000 every 24 hours. Or maybe it was $400,000. It was some ridiculous amount of money. And it's just like, are you kidding me? What was it? $135 million? $134 over four, for four years. Four and years. then the, there's like a possible extension clause where it'll be like $188 million. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a franchise tag. So Green Bay can't franchise him and he can just leave if he wants to. Or they got to end up re-signing him. So I, I, I think math. that's super freaking interesting. 134 divided by 4 is 30, 
33 and a half million per, <laughs> which now makes him the highest paid over Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And, I mean, he uh, deserves it. Oh, there's no question. I mean, he deserves <laughs> no. 40 million, really, but like. No, I think, I don't know. I'm part of some groups on Facebook. There, these, these, some of these fans are just freaking delusional. And like many of them are like, oh, yeah, Kirk Cousins isn't like, or sorry, Aaron Rodgers isn't the best quarterback. And it's just like, well, do you think Tom Brady? And it's like, no, they, they think like Jared Goff. And it's just like, Okay, right, I, can't, I can't come on talk now. to you now. Like, I mean, like clearly, <laughs> I can't talk to you. The <laughs> Packers went like I think it was fifteen and one that year with Rodgers. Yeah, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl against the Steelers. I think it was the same year. And uh, every time Rodgers gets hurt, the Packers just go down. They yeah, go down in flames. They're a top five or six team with him. They're a bottom five or six team without him. It's that's just, that's an MVP of the league. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, all right. Anyway, we're gonna go straight from Rodgers talk to NFC West talk. Uh, it's our last division. We did our last conference for college last week, and uh, we're we're down to what th- uh, college season already technically started. Technically starts started, uh, but it, but it starts up again. Games uh, that we care Saturday. about will be will be uh, well Thursday, Thursday, but th- Thursday, and then the so majority. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, and then a week from tomorrow, NFL starts. It's come so quickly. It's awesome. Uh, I'm pumped though. It's gonna be a great season. A lot of crazy teams. Uh, let's start with the Rams though. NFC West. Okay, I've got them going thirteen and three this year. Ooh, yeah, damn, I have, hot I have, damn! I have them going. I have them, You know what though? If they can get Aaron Donald signed, they they got Damakong Sue in the offseason. They've got one of one of if not the best secondary in football. And you know what? All Jared Goff has to do is not screw up. All he has to do is keep the train on the tracks. This team's gonna win a lot of ball games. Yeah, no, I I think they're gonna be good. My bookie has them at nine and a half. Now this is weird how they have this bet because if you wanted to pick the under nine and a half, um, <laughs> you would you would win a lot of money if this was correct. But if you were to pick the over, it's it's minus one eighty, so you'd have to bet a hundred eighty dollars to win a hundred. At, my, at nine and a half. So obviously they think it's a little bit higher than that. If you were to pick the under, if you were to bet $100, you'd win 150 I have the over on this. I'm not going to place any bets because I had to put a ridiculous amount of money. It's not worth it. I have them going 11 and five. Now, you brought, you brought two more. Two yeah, more. no, no. I, I, all right, here's the problem. I don't think, I mean, we talked about it before the, in the, and when I went over my quarterback ranks, I think golf is overrated. And I, and this isn't to say that he's not a good quarterback or he's not going to get better. I think there's much room for growth with Jared Goff. However, there are a lot of things that I see that I don't like from him that I need to see him improve on. He brought up some good points about the defense where it's absolutely loaded. One of my biggest problems, though, is, okay, so did the defensive line get that much better? We have to think about this for, for a second here. They lost Robert Quinn. He was he's on the Dolphins now. Yep, and they lost. Uh, they, they traded Alc Ogletree. They had traded Alc Ogletree to the Giants. To the Giants, and Aaron Don- Donald is still holding out. Uh, but they're on the ver- apparently. Yeah, apparently, they're on the verge it, on apparently, the yes. And, I, but I see but that it's deal like getting done before the season. Okay, and, that, and that's totally fine. But how many times do we see this amazing player holds out all preseason and then comes gets, back and gets hurt week three? Or week or, six. Or, or doesn't do well. Like Le'Veon Bell yeah, last exactly. year it took him four weeks to get going. I know it, that because he was on my damn fantasy team. Exa- exactly. So did the D-line actually get better? And I, I think that I think that's a real question that I think we're we're overvaluing how much Sue is compared to Quinn. And then like and here's another thing with this. Sue gets paid. How how does Aaron Donald feel about this? Well, Sue got a one year deal. But but it, but it, but it, Don, Donald wants to get paid too. 
I think Todd Gurley is the question there. He got paid and, and no, Donald didn't. No, I think but, that, I think that's another thing too. Just with with all that, and so and another thing is. Is I, I would say the linebacker unit got significantly worse, worse on this yes. team, Agreed and I think that. that is a super important uh, part of the defense. Secondary obviously got so much better yeah, with Marcus, Marcus Peters, Peters and Akeem Talib. I mean, and I think Wade Phillips, he might be the best defensive coordinator. We were just talking about him yep. last week about how he's one of those coaches that is better as a coordinator. Yeah, terrible he's as a head coach. Not a great head coach. Terrible. But you put him as a coordinator, and he's a top notch. Yeah. So so it's just one of those things that I think. I think Wade will be able to handle this defense and handle the personalities and say, hey, I'm the old man that knows defense. You listen to me and you'll do well. And I think McVay, he is absolutely amazing on offense. We saw what he did what He did with Kirk Cousins. He leaves the, the Redskins. The Redskins are going to be screwed now without him. And immediately turns Jared Goff into the third. He was clearly going into last year the 32nd best quarterback. Oh, without question. And now, I mean— most between mo- 15 and 19. A lot of people, yeah. So I have him, I think, at 19 or was it 19 or 8? Something like that. A lot of people have him at top 10. I think that's a little high. I think oh, that's yes. actually very high. But but regardless, the fact that you took the worst quarterback in the NFL and made him a top 20, no doubt, I think says something about you for sure. And I just want to see if he, here's something that I don't know if a young coach can really do. Can he handle all these different personalities? In Los Angeles, there's so many freaking personalities and attitude problems in this team that I think that's a real question mark. That who knows? I think that Wade Phillips will help with that. I agree o- with that. Offensively too, I think that in the locker room, mm-hmm. coaches can stand up. Wade Phillips has been around a long time, um, and, and and you know what? I'll take Brandon Cooks over Sammy Watkins any day of the week. Oh, man, I think that, Sammy Watkins huge, is a joke in this league. Honestly. I think he Brandon Cooks is a huge upgrade, and with that speed, Robert Woods uh, had a phenomenal season last yep. year. And uh, Cooper who, Cup, who, Cooper Cup, another good one. Love saying and, Cooper and, Cup. <laughs> and with with Brandon Cooks being a speed guy, it leaves mm-hmm. routes underneath open. I agree. Um, I had a stat here for Brandon Cooks. Okay. Um, he's only one of four receivers in NFL history to record three one thousand yard seasons and seven touchdowns before turning twenty five. Interesting. For the other three, Jerry Rice. Or wait, it says Cooks is one of four, but it only gives me. Oh, I only have three names here, so I must. Have yeah, no, one. So, yeah, no, he's one of four, so he's the fourth. There's three others. Okay, so, yeah, so Jerry Rice. You, you tell me, Jerry Rice is one of them. Oh, uh, what I'm telling you is that there are four names. Oh, you don't and know. I left the fourth <laughs> one off, so I don't know who it is. But who are the other two? Um, Just totally ruined this. R- but whatever. Randy Moss. Uh, yes, correct. And uh, uh, Terrell Owens. No, but <laughs> I'm gonna tell. I'll give you a hint. He just got paid. Odell? Yeah. Oh, wow. Odell okay. and Randy Moss. No, I think that fourth name is Cook. It says one of four. He, yeah, it he's says, the fourth. Yeah, so he's the fourth. One. He's he's number four. Uh, Yes, he would be number okay. four. I'm assuming the other one's Jerry Rice. Okay, yeah. Okay. I, I don't have that. I don't know how I missed that. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, no, it, okay. it happens. Sometimes uh, yeah. I screw up my notes. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so, so, so no, that's, that. no, that, that's, that's actually impressive, but... Thing is with wide receivers, I don't value them as much as a lot of other people do. I think it's better to go the way of the Eagles, the way to go of the Patriots, where you just get a guy that's good and then you surround him with like talented guys that are up and coming. I think the Dallas Cowboys are doing this this year. I think the Jaguars are actually in the process of doing this. I think this is the way to really build a team. Some of the problems I want to talk about with Goff that I, I just want your opinions on. Um, is this from when you were bored at work? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's go, it'll, it'll go into it, yes, for sure. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, arm strength. I don't think he has any arm strength at all. I think like his arm strength is 
it's first off, he doesn't have the arm strength, and then it's not accurate. So Ryan Tannehill, he has the arm strength. It's just not accurate. So what would you consider strong strong arm strength? Seventy yards, eighty yards in the air? Yeah, seventy yards. Okay, I would say seventy yards. And then what average is what? Fifty, sixty. For per, for for a percentage for yeah an average okay yeah yeah, yeah. I, was, I would say, say oh, NFL should be sixty I, I would assume every At least. Qu- yeah sixty and then below average would be fifty I I think he's I think he's below sixty in, in this arm strength and the accuracy with it has has been terrible I mean his, his his deep ball is just not good unless the unless the dude's wide open and like that's not I don't care about when the receiver's wide open I oh, care yeah. about when there's a defender on the receiver that's like you can anybody can any quarterback. In the pros or college, can throw an open throw to an open receiver. I can throw to an open receiver. Exactly. I mean, you could not sixty yards. You could well, you could probably throw me out there, and I could throw like a forty yard. Yeah, I was pass to somebody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Five. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think a lot of this arm strength problem comes with his footwork. It needs to vastly improve. There's, there's throws that he has. I remember a couple last year to Sammy Watkins, where it's like a, it's like a normal like third and it's like, or it's like a second and nine. And he throws it to the other side of the field, but it's like nine yards. But like he completely misthrows Sammy Watkins. It wasn't like Sammy Watkins like didn't run the correct route or anything like that. It was just a terrible throw. And Watkins was open. I need. I want to see more improvement on that. I want to see him take more control of the offense instead of being babied. And by that I mean he'll go to the to the huddle. Here's the play. Here's the backup play. And then he he'll call the backup play if he sees something. I want him to get to the level where he's got six, seven, eight plays in his head where he can say, "Read a defense. Okay, I, I don't want to do the play we're doing. I want to do this play, or I want to do this play. I want to see that from him." And I think that's that's where you really get the difference between a average quarterback and a good quarterback. Okay. And this is the one where I have. All these notes, you can probably hear them right here. I got what four, three, one, two, three, four, six, five, six pieces of paper here. <laughs> I want to see Jared Goff make consistent third and eights, third and nines, third and tens, third and twelves. That's fair. And I went through every single game that he had last year, every single game, every single third down that. He had. <laughs> and like, look, look at this. You see all these, right? Oh, I'm looking uh, at it. I'm thinking to myself, you must have nothing to do for two hours at work to get all that done. I hope nobody from work is listening to this. Oh, me, me neither because of how, how crappy my day was earlier. But anyway, I went through all of them. And I have here in the green. You see these, this green here? I see it. So in this green is third and eight throws that he had where... He either converts it or he doesn't, but he has to throw the ball at least like eight yards. So if he if it's a third and twenty and he dumps it off to Todd Gurley for a screen and Todd Gurley gets twenty two yards, that doesn't count. That's not what I'm talking about. I want him third and twelve, throws it fifteen yards, and it's and it's a completion. 
I went through every single game. Let's just go. Let's just go through them. Just what? Um, how did he did in these situations? Okay, so third and eight or longer, and he makes the throw. First game. Oh shit! Let me get to here. First game against Indy, one for five in that situation. Game two against Washington, zero for five. Game three against San Fran, zero for three. Game four against Arizona, one for three. Game five against the Giants, one for five. Game six against Houston, zero for eight. 0 for 8 against the Houston Texans. Game 9 against Dallas. We have uh, these games are out of order, but whatever. 1 for 5 against Seattle. 0 for 8 against Jacksonville. 0 for 3 against Tennessee. 0 for 3. And it wasn't until a... Oh, there's more games too. We got against Minnesota. 0 for 7. We got against New Orleans. 0 for 7. We got against Arizona again. 0 for 2. Against Philadelphia. 0 for 2. Against Seattle the second time. 1 for 2. It wasn't until the actual playoff game that he was able to go two for four in these situations. Now, I think that's a great job of him doing this in a playoff game. Pressure-packed situation. Yes. However, the reason why I think it's two for four is because they were losing this game and they kind of had to do something different than just dumping it off because that wasn't working. So, yes, he went two for four in the situation in the game that it mattered, but they still lost that game. And... I want to see that better. So overall, including the playoffs, he is 6 for 52 on third and eight or longer, and he actually throws the ball eight yards or more. That is freaking terrible. Absolutely freaking terrible. And I like, love how you just throw the paper right on the ground. Yeah, like, no, yep, it, that's terrible. It's oh. t- absolutely terrible, and I just want to see him progress in that, and that's what I'm saying about him being an average quarterback instead of a good or above-average quarterback. And that's my biggest problem with the Rams. That's why I don't see him going 13-3. and three. I see more 11-5. and five. I wonder how our guest thinks about this. I'm sure he'll hear it. And uh, Yeah, no. Com- com- comment on the on our page and, l- and let us know what you think about yeah, so, what So our guest, our guest is supposed to be Nick Angelilli. He's been on the show a couple of times. He's a real McA-hole for not showing up today. But he's got, he said he got an injury, whatever. I don't, be- I don't know if I believe him. I don't want to sway any of your opinions, but I don't, I don't know if I believe him. I think he was just kind of afraid to handle all... I mean, this is pretty intimidating now, stuff. you got six pages of, of stats here on how terrible Jared Goff is. Now, the last, <laughs> the, well, the last thing I want to mention here about the Rams is that I think that the biggest key to Goff's development still, because he's nowhere near his potential, let's be honest. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that. Year two. Uh, or that it's was going year into year two. three. Yeah. You're going into yep. year three, but year two under Sean McVay... Todd Gurley's got to continue to to pound the rock down the middle. It has to happen. Todd Gurley had 2,093 yards last year combined receiving and rushing with 19 touchdowns. He's got to have a repeat season for Goff to to have that confidence. Because if Gurley is not running the ball well, if Gurley has a season like he did in year two instead of year three, then we're going to be looking at at a Goff who's not going to progress. Because you're going to be throwing the ball more because, because Gurley is not... Having the success and teams go to tend to shy away. If you're not running the ball well, you're going to shy away. You're going to run the ball nine or eleven times a game yep. instead of twenty to twenty-five like most successful teams do. And I think that if Goff is going to take another step and complete those passes and do the things that you want to see, it all starts with Todd Gurley running the ball and being efficient and the offensive line. And here's you bring and Todd that's Gurley. their biggest stre- is their biggest weakness is yeah. their offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's so much better than it was two years ago. I mean, Andrew Whitworth is a 
huge, huge upgrade over Cam Robinson. Cam but, Robinson shouldn't even be in the freaking but, league. But Andrew Whitworth is 36 years old. But still. And, and still. John Sullivan, he's yeah, going to no, be their no. center. He's 32 years old. Okay, so this is actually very interesting because I think these guys are really good, but they're old, and it's very, very possible that they go down with an injury that most people aren't thinking about, and that happens. And then what happens? Andrew Whitworth, he's your left tackle. What happens when he goes down? I mean, this isn't the Philadelphia Eagles where they just have offensive. They have like eight starting offensive linemen. This is no, most teams don't even have five. So yeah, so I think that I think this team has some real issues, and I, I'm I'm curious to see how they handle it. I'm curious to see how Goff develops, how he grows, how McVay can get more out of him. And, I'm excited to see it. And you bring up a good point about Gurley. He needs to have that repeat year. But what is the likelihood of him having his best year of his career again? I think that it's very likely, actually. You think you think he's going to exactly replicate the numbers from last year? Because I would say he's going to have closer to like the what was it two years ago? He was not terrible, no, but he, I would, was, he was pretty bad. But you would say okay, average running back. Or, uh, I would say even possibly below average. Okay, I know. So, so I just you, know that because in fantasy, I actually had to trade Todd Gurley <laughs> for David Johnson because the guy who picked number two overall, I took Le'Veon Bell one, and he took David Johnson two. He wanted Bell. He didn't want Johnson. So I'm like, I'll take David Johnson. So I get the first two picks in the draft, but I had to draft two people for him. One was DeAndre Hopkins. One was Todd Gurley. And I ended up keeping DeAndre Hopkins because nobody, everybody kept vetoing the trade. Yep. And and long story short, basically I had to trade Aaron Rodgers, and I I got to keep DeAndre Hopkins, which turned out in the long run because I am a fantasy champion again. Well, hey man, I'm really glad you told us that story. No, but, but, but the, hey, point, the hey. point that I'm okay. So so you think he was below average? You think he was slightly? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why the hell you freaking brought that up, but but thanks. I'm sure everybody wanted to hear that. Oh, so man. somewhere between somewhere between below average and last year he was you would say the best would you say the or second best last year he was the that's, best that's fantasy, year, fantasy production he was the best last year he was the num- so, number one running back in the league so it's gonna be two years ago he was probably 20 to 22 so i think he's going to be somewhere in the middle of that so let's say he's going to be the eighth or ninth best running back that's obviously not as good as last year i, I, I still say he's top five okay but that's still worse than last year. Uh, I, all right, so he had 2,093 yards last year. I would say he, he See, gets he somewhere seven... between 1,800 and 2,000. Okay, yeah, but what if what if he only has 1,700? That's still an amazing season, but it's not the production that they need from him to continue this progress <laughs> if Jared Goff does not make that next step. Yes, but if, but if he gets 1,700 yards, I think it's enough for Jared Goff to take the next step. Now it's on Goff. Okay. Okay, fair? that's that's fair. I can I can I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right, all, all right. right let's on to the, the Seahawks. Game. Seahawks. Uh, I got them eight and eight. Okay, they went nine and seven last year. I got them missed eight the playoffs. Eight. My bookie actually has them at eight wins. Uh, the, if you think they're going to go over eight wins, bet a hundred dollars. You win one hundred and forty-five dollars. So Vegas isn't too sure. They don't they don't really agree with that. If you were to take the under eight wins, you'd have to bet a hundred and sixty-five to win a hundred. So Vegas is thinking more that they're going to be in the under. You have them at eight wins. Tell me why. Yeah, I'm not high on the Seahawks this year. The only reason I have them at eight wins is because of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a stud quarterback. Top and, five. And, oh, for sure. And last year, he's the first NFL quarterback in 27 seasons to lead his team in rushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last one was Michael Vick, right? Uh, Probably. No, it's 27 years ago. Michael Vick didn't lead his team in rushing the year he had a thousand yards that's crazy i don't think so wow uh, not not apparently to this stat wow but um 
But anyway, they, I mean, they drafted Rashad Penny to take over for, for the running back. But who's blocking for him? Nobody. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. The only reason that I give this team eight wins is because Russell Wilson's on the team, and they do have a decent wide receiving core with Tyler Lockett, yep. who they just locked they just, up today. Yep, they did that. Um, and then they uh, brought in Brandon Marshall, who could be kind of a security blanket if he can get those hands back. He's still a big-body receiver. And, and you know yeah. what? Doug Baldwin. He, he's Doug uh, Baldwin's a monster. He, he, yeah, he's a quality receiver in this league. So I like the receiving core. And they actually... Here's a, here's a quick little stat for you. After paying the league low $1 million per player on the offensive line last year, they've upped it to nine. And they've... Uh, they they've got left tackle Dwayne Brown now. They've got center okay, yeah. Justin Britt. They, well, they had Brown in that trade from well, Houston. Yeah, yeah. So, but okay. like starting yeah. this year. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yep. Um. And, and they also got DJ Fluker as a free agent. Okay. So I like. So the there up- are upgrades. Yes, I mean, it couldn't get worse. So yeah, it, it couldn't get worse. <laughs> it, there are upgrades, but their defense is, is has been it's tearing in shambles. Apart. Yeah. It's an no, absolute no, shambles. No Everybody's Sherman, left. No Chancellor. No Michael Bennett. Where's what's Earl Thomas doing? Is he? Uh, he's probably going to be traded midseason because because he's still holding out, right? Uh. Or is he? Still, it does. Either way, there's tension there, and Earl Thomas does not want to be there. It and they got rid of the Cliff Averill. They got rid of Michael Bennett. Yep. I mean, what, who's going to sack the quarterback? <laughs> uh, they, they still have, uh, I'm blanking out, a middle linebacker. I'm still bl- I'm blanking out his name. Uh, 53, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, okay. Yeah, he's still a stud, but you can't win with one stud on your defense. We're talking about the one of the most vaunted defenses NFL's ever seen. We're talking about the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, the 2002 Buccaneers, you know, uh, and, and we, you have to put the Seahawks in that conversation. They won football games because Russell Wilson had a great couple of years in the league, yep. and they had an amazing, amazing defense. Well, the thing is, I... I don't know what Russell Wilson's contract situation is looking like. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm pretty sure they had to pay him, but they, did. but they didn't have to pay him when he was a rookie. They were able to sign all these defensive players. Yep. Although they also catching up. They also kind of hit the lottery on all these guys. Like Richard Sherman, they got in the fifth round and or fourth round. They got all these players fourth, fifth, sixth round. They just they just hit on them. And now they're relying on Shaquem Griffin. Like they, like I mean I think he's a great story and he's gonna be a I think he's gonna be a good player. But it's like they think this guy is going to just be the, the next Richard Sherman. <laughs> yeah, but he's or, not. Yeah, he's so not. I, There's I, only one Richard Sherman out there. But uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I have I have them going seven and nine. Uh, I think Pete Carroll's a very good coach. He might be the best in the division. But uh, I I I don't know. We'll, we'll see if he can get the most out of his players. We talked about the offensive line. Will Rashard Penny be a good back? I don't know. I think they highly overdrafted him. I yes, don't agree. I don't, I, they could have waited to the second round. Still, probably got Rashard Penny, or they could. I don't. I don't. I just don't understand it. I think their biggest pickup in the offseason was actually the new offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah, I, 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 he yeah. should put Wilson in a position to elevate his game even more. And if Penny can really get the ball rolling, eh, let's put it this way. If they can't run the ball this year, they won't they won't go 8-8. Eight eight. I'm banking on Rashad Penny having a decent year. 750, 850 yards as a rookie coming out of the backfield. Russell Wilson's still going to run with his legs. I think they'll be, if they can run the ball decently this year, then, then I think that they go 8-8. Eight eight. But it's all going to rely on 
on, on the offense because they're not a defensive team anymore. All right, let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I, I've had enough talking about the damn right. Seahawks. The uh, 49ers went 6-10 and 10 last year in 2017. My bookie has them at 8.5. You think they're going to go over? Well, if you put $100 down, you're going to win 120 if you think it's going to be under, you need to bet 150 to win the 100. I have them over. I have them at 9 and 7. I think this is a good. Uh, I, I, For the Niners, you have 9 and 7? 9 and you 7. You have Jimmy G, the guy who's never lost the game in the NFL, going 9 and 7? Unfortunately, I do. I'm yeah, no, surprised. I mean, I think, I think, I don't think he's going to go 16 and 0. Well, I've got him going 11 and 5. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so you have uh, him as a playoff team. team. Actually, yes. No, I think this. Team... I, I think this team is very good. Actually. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think Shanahan. He's a. He's clearly a top 10, 12 play caller, and you can really see his effect uh, after he left Atlanta. And I mean, there was a time where this team was zero and six, but they lost five straight games with Brian Hoyer as their quarterback. This is not Jimmy Garoppolo. Brian Hoyer is their quarterback. Five straight games, they lost by three points or less. So those they lost five straight coin flip games. Normally you'd go two and three or three and two in that situation. They went zero and six. So I think it, that's terrible. I mean that's terrible, terribly unlucky. They they were one and ten before Jimmy Garoppolo started. Where do you rank him for your for your quarterbacks? Just off the top of your head, Jimmy G. I, I top would ten, say top, top 15, twelve, top twelve, top twelve. Okay, okay yeah, um, no, I think I, I have him right around there. I think I have him. I think I have about eleven. But yeah, yeah. I think you did actually. Okay, so. But so, yeah. I, I love his weapons, though. People don't yes. are underrating Marquise Goodwin. He is going stud. to be a stud. He just got signed this offseason. Yep. Uh, again, they gave him an extension. He's he going to be a stud. Three-year, $33 million or something Pierre like that. Pierre Garçon's coming back coming this year. Back He's going to be healthy. I like their tight ends, uh, George uh, George Kittle yes, and, and, uh, and Selleck. And Selleck. Yeah. Uh, 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 not Brent Selleck. No, it's, not, uh, not, it's Garrett not Selleck. Yes, Garrett Selleck. Gerard Selleck. And... Um, Running backs, I th- I know McKinnon got hurt, but I th- I think Matt Breida is a monster. I think he's I think he's one of the most underrated backs in this league. So I, I do like their weapons as well. Uh, I you know what they've uh, they've uh, also upgraded on the offensive line. Yes, uh, Joe Staley's going to return, um, but they signed Weston Richburg, who's going to be a decent offensive lineman for them. Uh, they actually gave him a five year deal worth forty seven and a half million dollars. But Mike McGlinchey, their number nine yep. overall pick. Is going to be a stud on that offensive line. And speaking of Richard Sherman, yep. he's back. No, absolutely. And he's with the Niners. And I think that he may not be the same Richard Sherman that we've seen, but he's good enough to compete. His brain his, still works. His brain still works, and he's going to be an excellent role model yeah. and an mentor. instructor and mentor yeah. in that locker room. No, I completely agree with that sentiment, that, that Richard Sherman, even if he doesn't produce what you want him to with the, on X's and O's side, he is all there mentally and can teach everybody everything. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest things. I think one of the biggest problems with this defense is that Solomon Thomas, their, I think he was number two overall pick two years ago, number three maybe, he needs to step the hell up. Reuben Foster, can you stay out of trouble, man? Because you're a freaking monster as He'll well. He'll be a force if he can stay, stay out of out trouble. Stay out of trouble. Yep. Stay out of trouble. Eric Armstrong. Yes, exactly. Divorced Buckner. Yes, I think this. I think this team. They have nice young pieces. I think John Lynch is doing a good job. Which surprisingly, I think this is a surprise because I I th- thought the the Forty ers management was just terrible from the top down. Bringing in Lynch, who really knew nothing about about GMing, he just kind of was a commentator for a few years after his after his playing days. I don't see how they get after the quarterback though. That's one of the biggest things. I mean, Solomon Thomas and Ruben Foster. They need to they need to step up. 
feel like they're one year away, but this is. And now I picked my dark horse team last year. Who's my dark horse team last year, James? Uh, the Panthers. No, no, that was the team that it was my actual dark horse team that I had. Uh, the Eagles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, don't you forget it. Oh, <laughs> I, I, trust me, I won't. I won't. But you don't forget about wearing that Jets jersey now, won't you? <laughs> so, yeah, no, this is my number one dark horse team. I have the Texans as my other dark horse team as well. But this is, um, I would say the Texans are like my Panthers from last year. And I would say the 49ers are like my Eagles. So okay, I, I think that it's, uh, I think that's a big deal. But uh, conti- continuing, stable of backs, you, you think they're good? The running back position? Yes. I mean, uh, it's iffy here. It's iffy. I mean, you said McKinnon got hurt. Yes. That, that's going to hurt him. I like McKinnon personally. I had him in fantasy last year. I think he's a great receiving back. He, he's not so much. Uh, he's not going to run up the middle like Adrian Peterson or, or, or even a Carlos Hyde. He's not going to be that bulldozer. But he's got a lot of speed, and uh, and he's got great hands. He doesn't fumble the ball a lot. He he was a great fantasy pickup for me. He was a great fantasy pickup for a lot of people. He's a great football player. Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't think he thrived just because he was with the Vikings. I think that he can thrive anywhere. I think that he's got that that mentality to thrive anywhere. It's just a matter of not can he do it in in San Fran. Yeah. No. And McKinnon did get hurt in the preseason. He he did practice in full pads. Uh, the, the latest practice. But I I think Brad is is one of the most underrated guys as well. Agreed. I, I, I think this. Uh, they got a great unit. All right, I think we pretty much uh, got everything with the 49ers. Now we go on to the worst team in the division. Arizona Cardinals. My bookie has them at five and a half wins. They went eight and eight last year in 2017. Yeah, if you think they're going to – you think under five and a half wins. Yeah. Okay, well, if you think under five and a half wins, if you bet $100, you would win 155 Vegas is actually disagreeing with you. If you think they're going to get over, so six or more, you'd have to bet $175 just to win 100 So Vegas is disagreeing with you. Three? Three wins. And 13. Ooh, damn. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that Sam Bradford is not who people think he is. Um, we have to remember that David Johnson hasn't played in a year, and I okay, think but, he'll well, be okay, good. Let's start, let's start, let's start something. with Sam Bradford. Um what do you mean by not as good as everybody think he is? Where do you think most people have him, and where do you have him? I think that after he was traded to the Vikings, he had some success. And now people look at him as if he's not this first-round bust anymore. That, you know what, maybe he has reached some potential. And I just don't think that that's the case. I think that the Vikings were loaded. I think that anybody can, can you know, play there and thrive right now, especially over the last two seasons. And... I just don't think the Cardinals have that type of team, and I don't think that Sam Bradford could get the job done. Josh Rosen will be an okay quarterback in the future. He's not going to get the job done this year either, and without a quarterback, you and I both know that you're not going to win a lot of football games. No, I I share similar sentiments with you. Um, I think I think Bradford's actually like a top twenty, top twenty-two. Guy in the NFL? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, top twenty-two is that's basically putting him between between twenty and twenty-two. Yeah, no, and, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that that's fair, but okay. I just don't think with the Cardinals roster he can get it done. He's got David Johnson, but David Johnson hasn't played in a year. You just said it earlier in your rant. He's only played one quarter in the preseason. The man is going to have some rust. It's just bound to happen. I think it's going to take him four or five weeks to get going. You think but, it's going to take him four or five weeks to get going? Hey, you know what? I think they're going to use the living hell out of this guy because that's the only reliable guy they have besides Fitzgerald. Then you run him into the ground. 
I think that, I think they'll be able cues. to lean on it. I think. I, 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 all right. So here's the thing. I think Sam Bradford's gonna actually be pretty good. He's he's the the check down machine. He'll throw you seventy percent. He'll throw if he stays healthy. He's gonna throw twenty two touchdowns and only have six interceptions. And that's a very efficient season. If you have guys like Larry Fitzgerald, they drafted Christian Kirk, who I think is going to be a hell of a wide receiver out of Texas A and M. And and David Johnson, this offensive line did upgrade slightly, not that much, but slightly. And when you have an offensive line, basically the same offensive line from the previous year, that they uh. so in 2016, this offensive line was pretty average. And David Johnson had one of the best seasons of all time in as far as running backs go. He gets hurt this past year. And offensive line's absolutely terrible. They really don't have any reliable running back. Adrian Peters had like one good game. He had he didn't do jack the rest of the season. That's on. That's not just Adrian Peterson's fault for being old. That's the offensive line being terrible. Well, the offensive line got better, and I think when you give David Johnson that offensive line, he's got the higher skill set than AP, and he he can catch out of the backfield. He can he can run out of the backfield. He can block. They're going to use the hell out of him, and I think it's going to be good. And I think. I think Fitzgerald, how, how many times do we need to see Larry Fitzgerald just have 1,000 yards and 100 catches and, like, no, eight I'm, touchdowns? I know he's not getting that this year with Sam Bradford. <laughs> but, you know what, they're going to be good. They're set up for the future. They drafted, uh, uh, you know, I said Josh Rosen, 10 overall. He's going to be a good quarterback in this league. Yes. He's got the smart. He's got the arm. He, he's got the talent to get it done. It's not going to happen this year, though. They drafted uh, Christian Kirk, Texas A&M's wide receiver, yep. who, who's going to be great. And you know what? They also got NFL interior lineman Mason Cole yep. from Michigan. And, and not to mention a player that nobody is talking about, but Chase Edmonds. At a Fordham. At a Fordham. <laughs> it's where my dad went to college. It's, uh, you know what? It's where Mike Breen went to college. Yep. NBA broadcaster Michael Kay. A lot, yeah, a lot uh, of great... and uh, Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Fordham, hell of a school. <laughs> broadcasting school. Yeah, broadcasting um, school. It's good. It's, yeah. No, it really is, actually. But uh, no, I just know them as because they're in the same conference as the Rhode Island Rams in the A-10. And they're always like... Five and twenty-five every single year in, in, ba- basketball. in basketball. Yeah, I remember They're going. So I remember going to Fordham Rams games when I was a kid. My dad would bring us to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um. As obviously you know, I grew up in Jersey, and uh, we'd go. And I remember one of the one of the guys shook my hands after the game. We were in a restaurant. It's right on campus. And I was like, I'm never washing this hand again. I couldn't tell you the name of the guy for the life of me. Couldn't even tell you what year it was or how old I was. But I remember it happening like it was yesterday. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, it was pretty cool. That's the only Fordham story that I got. But Chase Edmond, he set re- he set records out of yeah, out of no, Fordham. He He's did. gonna be good. This team I mean, is gonna be good to come. Can. Just not gonna be this year. I can see early as next year being you know a nine and seven team again, maybe ten and six with the talent they have. But th- this is gonna be a learning year for them. It's gonna be a growth year, and well, I think Larry Fitzgerald's okay with that. Well, Steve, Steve Wilkes, he's the head coach now. He He's the former defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. There's big question marks with him. I mean, is this de- is he going to really shape up this defense? Is it going to be good? They got Chandler Jones still, and they got Patrick, Patrick Peterson, Peterson, but they lost Tyron Matthew. They lost a whole bunch of guys. and they ha- they're, 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 Tyvon Branch. One of their defenses, their defense is great at home, terrible on the road. That's just how I, that's just how I see them playing every year. But Josh Rosen, 
say he starts week four, week five, because Sam Bradford gets hurt. Not how, surprised. How, how much better or worse is Josh Rosen? I, I, this year, I think they'd be about the same. I think it's a learning what? curve for Josh Rosen. You think Josh Rosen and Sam Bradford are equal right now? I think that Josh Rosen has a different kind of skill set. I think they're different quarterbacks. <laughs> Terribly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I don't think he's terrible. I just, but, I just think, I just think there's a huge difference between Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen, like as we're speaking right now. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I guess as you're speaking right this second. But, okay, well, I'm talking but, about week. I'm talking about four weeks from now. It's not that big of a difference. All right, so maybe they're, they're slightly different, but I just, don't, I don't think that the team is on a different route. I think that they still yeah, end okay, up in the I same place with both at quarterback. All right, I could see that. Uh, any, anything else? That's all I got for Arizona. I, I, I've anything got nothing else. else on I, I have them. At, I don't know if I said it. I have them at five and eleven. Uh, no, you did not. But it, now, now you did. Okay. Well, that's still <laughs> under the five and a half. So you have them at what three, three and thirteen? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. All yep. right. Let's uh, let's go through our uh, playoffs. We did every single division, every single conference. Start with the AFC. Let's start with the AFC. You go first. All right. So my first matchup is Broncos six. Jaguars three seed. Okay. Uh, I've got the Jaguars moving on. I've got the Chargers four seed. Texans five seed. I've got the Chargers moving on. Wow, so the I've Chargers got the, actually win a playoff game. Yeah, so I've got the Patriots the one seed. Chargers the four seed. I've got the Patriots moving on to the AFC Championship game. I've got the Jaguars three, Steelers two. And it's going to be another upset. And it's going to be Steelers nah. moving on. And we will have a Steelers-Patriots and an uh, AFC Championship game, as I picked last year, uh, with the Steelers moving on, same as last me. year. Oh and then I've God. got... Uh, okay, so you, the Steelers, so you have the Steelers and the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. Okay, so I, we actually have all the same teams, uh, but different seedings. I have the Steelers the three seed, the Broncos the six seed. I have the Steelers winning that. They're going to end up going to New England. I have Jacksonville the five seed, uh, LA Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers, as the four seed. Jacksonville winning that. They're going to go to Houston. I have Houston as the number one overall seed. I have Houston beating Jacksonville going to the AFC Championship game. New England beating Pittsburgh going to the AFC Championship game. New England's going to Houston, and they lose. That's right. The Patriots fan. Last, say, time, last time you saw uh, Patriots play in, uh, in Reliance yeah. Stadium yep. or NRG Stadium, what happened? They won the Super Bowl. Only the greatest comeback yeah. in sports history. Yeah. Most, most likely. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I mean, sure. you could. You, some, some people could argue the Red Sox over the Yankees in 2004. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> All right, let's go to the hey, NFC. This season ain't over let's, yet. Let's boy. go. Let's go to the <laughs> NFC. All right. Um, I've got. got. I, I've got a first first matchup: Green Bay three three seed, Vikings six seed. I've okay. got Green Bay moving on. I've got the Giants four seed, San Fran the Niners the five seed. Mm-hmm. I've got the Giants moving on. So as I, I mentioned, that San Fran would make it, but yep. I don't have them going past the first round. It will be a learning curve. Okay. I've got the Rams versus the Giants one versus four. I've got the Rams moving on to the NFC Championship game. I've got the Packers uh, at the three seed playing the Saints the two seed. I've got the Packers moving on, and I've got the Packers moving on against the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. So my Super Bowl matchup is my prediction from last year, and I actually think it'll happen this year. It's going to be Steelers versus Packers, a rematch from back in uh, Arizona, yep. University of Phoenix Stadium. I think it was 08. Okay. I have the 4-5 matchup. I have Green Bay at the four seed, Philadelphia as the five seed. I have Philadelphia moving on they're going to go to Dallas. Dallas is the two seed. Minnesota is the six seed. I have the Rams as the three seed. I think Minnesota goes there and whoops them. Minnesota six seed moving on, going to New Orleans. I have Philadelphia beating Dallas down in Jerry World. 
Philly's moving to the NFC's championship game for the second straight year. And the Saints, they have their revenge against the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota's got to go to New Orleans this time, Nolans, and they end up losing. Saints will be in the NFC Championship game. Saints are the number one seed. Eagles are the number five seed. I have the Saints moving on to the Super Bowl. And I have one seed against one seed. Saints versus Texans. I have the Saints. Saints winning it all. Hey, you you laugh about this, but you showed me that stat from earlier this year where every single NFC team that's been the one seed, except for the Cowboys a couple years ago, have made it to the Super Bowl. And the Eagles last year. Yeah, exactly. So so I'm I'm sticking with the trend. The AFC is a little more... Inbounds because New England can get the two seed and they end up going to the Super Bowl. And at, I now mean, here's a couple. Really here's a monkey wrench up. for you. Okay. The Packers are my three seed. Yeah. But this could change because even if they all go the same record, like I have them, I have the Packers, the Saints, and the Rams all at three and thirteen. I uh, I mean thirteen, 13 and three. three. I don't know how that happened, but like if, when I'm looking on paper, I just you uh, get I, dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, see, man. See, see this middle finger right here? <laughs> no, happens. no, I meant when, I'm, uh, when I was picking the schedule. When I'm looking at these games, I just they're going to win it. They're just yeah. going to win. And we're not picking against the spread when we do this. We're no, just we're just picking, picking straight, straight up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, just, they, and it's and, like it's tough to, like, I have a general idea of how good I think this team is going to be. I don't really know how they're going to get there. But, like, yeah, it looks like this team is going to win, so I just picked them. So I, I totally feel you on but, that. But I have the three teams, all three and th- th- 13 and three. <laughs> got to stop doing that. That's 13, crazy, though. 13 and three. I know. I don't, And it's not even like I can see the record when I'm doing it. Yeah. So I try to pick upsets, and they just automatically <laughs> happen, all come out that way. Um, and, uh, but. All right. So, who, so the Packers could be the number one seed technically if things shake out because I all have them the same record. All right. Who's, I your, the who's your MVP? The Super Bowl. You have the Packers winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, Aaron, I have the Saints winning the Super Bowl. Who's your MVP? Aaron Rodgers. All right. And I have I have Drew Brees. Yeah, I'm so going with Drew Brees. Figures. We both have our quarterbacks who win the Super Bowl this year as the MVP. I, I think Drew Brees is riding off into the sunset this year. So uh, With that trade for Teddy Bridgewater, it could happen, especially if they win the Super Bowl. But coming up next... We're going to talk about some college football games for week one. We're going against the spread. We're going to tell you who to pick, who not to pick, and why. Right here on BTH. Do you have the overwhelming urge to advertise something where it'll only reach 100 people? Well, don't we have the perfect thing for you? Right here, we will sell you this 30-second spot for whatever commercial you want, as long as you let us put this music with it. This music will be by Audionautics and Jason Shaw. Isn't this music fantastic? We sure think so. And that's why we're going to make you listen to it for a few more seconds. Now, back to the greatest sports podcast ever to be conceived. And welcome back to Between the Hash Marks. We just went over our final NFL division, the NFC West. Went over the entire AFC, NFC playoffs, picked our Super Bowl winners, picked our MVP winners. There it is. It's out there for the rest of the world to criticize. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're, I mean, we're, I thought we were pretty good last year with, with, our, with our picks. And so we'll probably just end up being pretty good again. But now we are headed into... Pretty good. Wait a second. We're pretty good. I mean, we were above professional average. Yeah, no, we were pretty great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Come on. We, you got to give credit where credit's due. More than 50% no, of the right. country you're does right. not hit the numbers that we did. No, you're right. You're right. All right. So we're going to go into our week one college football picks. We're doing six games this week. We're just going to do the best games that we think every single week. So sometimes it might be three games. Sometimes it might be 10 games. Just depending. really depends on the week and what each week gives us to, to break down. 
I just want to go over one uh, random handicapping tip for betting. If you if you do decide to put money on things we say or do your own research, here's just a little tip that I think is so it's pretty basic, but I think it goes a long way as far as getting you money and saving yourself money. So when I do my power power rankings for college football, I have created them. I may make a couple adjustments. I'll be posting them sometime before the season starts on Saturday and not before Thursday. But I rank every team based on a neutral field. How how good are they based on a neutral field? And I assign a number value to how good I think this team is. So say I have Alabama rated uh, the number one team in the country, and I have them at a 90 out of uh, 0 to 100. And then I have Clemson as an 89. So if they were to play on a neutral field, Alabama would be a one-point favorite. Now, if this game was in Alabama... I give home field about two and a half, three points from the neutral field. So most most games are not played on neutral field, so it's usually about a five to six point swing. So either this game's normally going to be at Alabama or it's normally going to be at Clemson. So if, say this game is at Alabama, I would I would rate them about two and a half or three points more than on a neutral field. So they'd be at a 93 and a half or 94 and Clemson would still be at an 89. So I would put Bama as a three and a half to four point favorite. Now, now if Clemson was the home team, I would uh, bump them about two and a half, three points. It really depends on how good this team is at home field. Like a team like Maryland, they have like, I'd bu- bump them up like one point because their home field advantage is really kind of non-existent. So I'd, bu- <laughs> I'd, bump, I'd bump Clemson up two and a half, three points. So Clemson would now be a 92 and Bama would be a 90. So Clemson would be a one and a half or 90, 91.5. They'd be a one and a half to two point favorite. Now, I'm, this is just a simple tip that I like to do where the home where home field is basically worth six points, five to six points. It really depends on the team. Now, that's just a tip I want to give to you guys so you can look at these games and say, okay, if this was on a neutral, this is actually what the line should be. But because it's at home, oh, this is wrong. I'm going to take this certain team now i'm going to try and give a new simple tip every every week or every other week and something that's pretty generic but i think that will save like i said save you money or gain you money if you decide to put some money uh, on a certain game or whatnot and hey if you're if you're going to be betting you might as well you know do it responsibly but anyway let's go into the very first game that we have we're gonna go we're gonna start backwards and then move forward so if you happen to listen late you can still catch Say you decide, oh, I, I missed between the hash marks uh, before the college shame game. Shame on you. Shame, first off, shame <laughs> on you. But, hey, at least I'm listening Sunday so I can get my LSU and Miami game, yeah, and then I can sure. get my Virginia Tech-Florida State game, and you don't have to listen to the whole thing. But shame on you for not listening on time. So Virginia Tech at Florida State. The line is at Florida State 7.5 point favorite. James, what do you got? I've got Virginia Tech. Tell me why. Uh, basically, this is going to be a close game. No, 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 no. Tell me quickly. Um, let's just let's just do this for all college games we have this year. Confidence rating. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's say scale one to five. Five, you are super confident. You're willing to put money on this. Uh, I'd say a four right now. Okay. Four. Because I think it's going to be a close game one way or another. Okay. If, if I had to pick who's going to win this game, I couldn't tell you. But okay. I know for a fact that this game is not going to be a seven and a half point favorite. Okay. Whether Virginia Tech wins or FSU wins. Plain and simple. Okay. Right then and there. Okay. That's interesting because Virginia Tech, they actually lost three defensive starters uh, due to suspension for this game. And these were defensive starters that were, play, were that were replacing guys that left last year. So their depth is absolutely shot. FSU, so much deeper. Uh, you look at FSU, top 10 in QB with Francois. There's, there's just the units here. Top 10 in running back unit, top, 10, top 15 in O-line, top 10 in D-line, top 15 in defensive back, top 10 in special teams. Virginia Tech only has one unit in the top 25 in the country, and that's the defensive line. But that strength, that defensive line for Virginia Tech, well, that's a strength for FSU because they have a top 15 offensive line, so that kind of balances out. And this is the kind of game, in my mind, where FSU might have a three-point lead at halftime, but because of FSU's depth and the lack of depth for Virginia Tech, I could see FSU actually winning this game by like 12 or 13 points just because... If this game was only going to go for a half, I would say, yeah, only three-point game. But because I don't think Virginia Tech has a lot of depth for this game, because of the loss of three defensive starters, I actually have uh, FSU uh, covering the spread of 7.5. Now, this is going to go back to your rant, and I actually never gave my opinion on it, which is my mistake because I should have been doing that in the the last segment. But I want to add that I I do like your Opinion. I think that it should be 18 games, uh, two bye weeks, one, and they should. Uh, it should be week six and seven, and 12 and 13. Yeah. And it's only four bye weeks total. And half the teams go on week seven. Half the teams go on week six, etc. Okay. One preseason game though, and this is to my point. It's because there are no preseason games in college. I think with a new coaching staff, uh, it, it, there's going to be a learning curve here yeah. at FSU. And I think that it, this game, if this game happened later in the season, I would agree with you. But because you got okay. a new head coach, you got some learning curves here to go in the game because you cannot replicate an in-game situation. It's going to take some time, and that's why I feel this is going to be a closer game than people realize. Okay, yeah, no, I, I can I could definitely feel you on that. I just Virginia Tech, I I, I don't think they're going to be that amazing. I mean, Justin Justin Fuente, I think he's a decent coach. They went nine and four last year, ten and four the year before, so he has the ability to coach players up. And I think Josh Jackson is actually kind of underrated, especially when you're comparing him to Francois. Francois, I think, is much better, but people will just overlook the fact that Josh Jackson actually had a pretty successful year last year. But you know, I, I just everything that I, I, this this is another thing that I think is a uh, pretty important. It's it's Monday night. Uh, first Monday night college game of the year. I'm pretty sure it's one of the only ones. But this is going to be prime time. Everybody's there's go- no Monday night football. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm pretty sure that because of this, FSU is going to have a little extra, little extra bounce in their step. And I think because of their season last year, where they were so bad, like historically bad for FSU, I think they're getting kind of underrated in a lot of in a lot of these situations. So I think. If this was a team, they, normally this game, I think FSU would be actually be a bigger favorite. I think this is you're actually getting a nice number here, All right. at seven and a half. So uh, I, I got I got I got FSU at seven and a half. Okay. I feel a scale of one does one to five. I I I'm not putting any money on it. I feel about a two. Okay. So. All right. Cool. Um. All right. So let's I, move on to the next game. Right, unless you got something else to say. No. 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 Okay. No. 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 I okay, was actually going to say that after this segment, I do want to go back and let you know my full two minute opinion about your rant. 
Okay, yeah, no problem. All right, so let's uh, let's go on to the next game. We have Miami at, uh, versus LSU. This is game is in Arlington. Now this game, it was um, Miami was a three point favorite. They've moved to three and a half. This is a game I'm very confident in. I got Miami a couple months ago at minus three, and yeah, James is giving me the, the five. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. Miami. I think people underrate Miami because the last few games that we saw them play, we saw them lose to Pitt. We saw them get crushed by Clemson. This is all, these are all games on national television, not on ABC. And then we saw them lose to Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl. Saw it live. Yeah, you saw it live. And So I think they're slightly underrated in that aspect. Miami has a quarterback, Malik Rozier. He has started plenty of games and plenty of big games and has won actually a few of them. Joe Burrow, who's the quarterback for LSU, he's a transfer from Ohio State, hasn't played in a single game. He could be playing this game with a little bit of the jelly belly where, you know, Nervous. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it's in Arlington, which you would think would favor LSU, but I don't know. I mean, a lot of what I'm hearing is that LSU isn't going to show up like they would normally, like the fans wouldn't, aren't going to show up like they normally would because many fans don't like Ed Orgeron at all, and they don't expect anything from the team this year. I mean, that's one of the things that we predicted, actually. And that being said, Miami has the much better head coach in Mark Richt, and I, I'm going to go Miami. If you can get minus three, I absolutely love it. I'll give it a five. If you get minus three and a half, give it more because you're passing that key number, and that kind of bothers me a little bit. Miami's going to win this game by ten. All right. Well, there, there you go. But, but if it's three and a half, I say it's it's more of a three out of, out of five for and me. And it's funny you mentioned Ed Orgeron. I have a coworker here who's a huge LSU fan. We were just talking about Joe Burrow's transferring from Ohio State. Yeah. He's got a bunch of talent, but it could take a couple weeks for him to get going. He's never started in a game. But the whole point of that was – there are at least four coaches in the SEC that I would rather be recruited for and play for than Ed Orgeron, and that's a problem because Les Miles, I mean, he he's not the great greatest coach that he used to be, but he at least recruited better, and LSU is one of those schools that's a top 10 job in the country, and it's not with Ed Orgeron there. And the coaches that I would rather be recruited by and play for, Dan Mullen. From Florida. Yep. Obviously, Nick Saban. I mean, yep. he would be the number one out of anybody. Yep. Um, uh, who was Kirby Smart from Georgia? Gus Malzahn from Marlboro. Gus Malzahn. That's five, actually. Jimbo Joe, Fisher. Joe Moorhead from Mississippi State. Joe Moorhead. Jimbo and, Fisher. So at least <laughs> six coaches we just named that we'd rather be recruited by and play for over did you, Ed Did you say Kirby Smart? Yes. Okay, Kirby. So, so there's a problem Will Muschamp. Because Will Muschamp. There <laughs> South are Carolina. so many players that would rather play for other coaches, and it's deteriorating LSU, and that's a problem because college football is better with LSU on the docket and doing well. But we're moving on to the next game. Miami's winning this by 10. I give it a five strength because right. I'm that sure. So we so we both we both give fives on Miami. All right. All right here, like, next game. Let's go. We got Louisville versus <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> In Orlando, the line's been jumping between 24 and a half and 25. It opened up at uh, minus 28. It's actually been bet down since the what, line first came what, out. What does my uh, what does my note say? Here? Yeah, you have long, extensive notes. Uh, is this even a game? Uh, if you're just going by pick'em, no, this is not a game at all. But if you're going by the spread, dude, I think you're absolutely crazy. 35 like, to three. So you th- you you give Alabama five star? Yeah, 35 okay. to three. Yeah, no, I'm I'm betting. Louisville, I'm not putting money on it, but this is my pick. Uh, I think this line's very far off by about like a touchdown. I, I mean, I could see. All right, so here's here's the thing, and there, here's some things I think that need to be really considered. Nick Saban, nine and one against the spread in openers, eleven and zero straight up. I get that. 
statement so much better with extra time because the thought is um, you're completely focused on one team. But my question is, is Bama highly concerned with Louisville? Are they? No, honestly. But, no, but okay. But, 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 I'm not done with my point yet. Yeah, I just want to add something to that, though. I wanted to add something. All right, all right. Go Let ahead, me finish my first. point. Let me finish my point. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very pretty, by the way. So Aww. yeah, no, I don't think that they are highly concerned with Louisville at all. I think they, I could definitely see this team going up by 17 or 21 points, and then kind of taking the foot off the pedal. And then we talked about the new red shirt rule where. Uh, the back any backup can play four games. It doesn't matter which four. But once they pass that, they but once they pass those no four, so I don't think they're they're going to be bringing Jalen Hurts into this game. I think it's going to be a third stringer because why would you bring Jalen Hurts into this game? Why wouldn't you save him for the national championship, the playoff, the first round playoff, the SEC championship game, and then like the game against Auburn, which is like your biggest game of the year? Why wouldn't you now, save him now, for I those four 100% games? I one hundred percent agree with all of that. Okay, but here, this is what I wanted to add. Go ahead. Is that Tua has never played in a full game before? Yes, he thrived in the national championship game, but I actually heard this on the radio earlier, and it makes a ton of sense. Did Tua win the Alabama the national championship game last year? Yes or no? Did Tua win? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But how close did he come personally to losing that game? <laughs> Very close. So one, that's, one that, play it looked like they were about to lose. The that's next, the point the that play I'm trying to make. The next play is that won. Everybody's crowning him this great player, and I picked him to be the Heisman. But he has some growing pains here. He's gotta he's gotta learn how to play college football a little bit better. And I think that he's going to this game is going to be critical for him. Because I think Saban wants him to go out there, and I think Saban wants him to drop a 50 spot to show, hey, look, you you made a critical mistake in the national championship game. You came back and made a big play. But I need you to do that for 60 minutes. I need you to go out there and give me your all. I need you to – and they're, they're a younger team this year. They don't have a lot of juniors. So going back to three years ago when Clemson and, and uh, Alabama played their first national championship game, they were a young team, but a very talented team, kind of like this year. And then they grew together as sophomores. They grew together as juniors, led by Minka Fitzpatrick, who, by the way, is going to be a top-five safety in the league in a couple of years. But that's besides the point. This is kind of like that team. And I think that he wants to get them the most experience he can in games like this. So that way, when they have to face an Auburn or they have to face a Mississippi State, or, or they have to face a Texas A&M, or even an LSU who should have the ball rolling later in the season. Now, I still think LSU loses that game, but they're not going to be as bad as they will week one. I think that this game is critical to get this season on the roll, and I don't think Saban lets up. I think Saban rolls over them, and I... And you know what? I'm picking 35 to three, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's 55 to three. Look what Alabama did to USC three years ago on the opener. Two years ago, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm glad you brought that up because that USC game, 52 to six was the final score, but that spread was Alabama was a 12 point favorite. Let's go back to the last time Alabama was a 25 point favorite. We're gonna go or against uh, week like the week first week against like a real opponent, which is. West Virginia, that year that you were talking about in 2014, uh, three year, the the first time they played in the national championship, they were no, 20... 2015, 2014. Ohio State won. That was the first year. Okay, sorry, so, okay, sorry. So let's so let's go back to the West this West Virginia game in 2014. Uh, they went 12 and two that year. They they open up the year against West Virginia on a neutral. The spread was 25. They only won by 10, and that's the one time 
that Nick Saban failed to cover against the spread in an opening game. And I think that is monumental because that is a huge spread of 25 points. We have a similar situation of 24 and a half, 25 points. Was Geno Smith at West Virginia at the time? I believe that was a year he was at. He was there. Okay, yes. he, he, he had a... Fin- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nominal season, and I can understand that, but the, Louisville doesn't have a Geno Smith. Geno Smith was a great college quarterback. Tell me I'm wrong. No, he was, he was, a, he, no, he was pro, a great college quarterback. But he was a great college quarterback. And you know what? That that seems to me like I I see the stat. I see the fact that the only okay, time they've you, ever no, lost. No, you want to criticize, you criticize but, Louisville's offense? Is that what you want to do right but, now? No, but I'm just saying that in general, I think that they roll over. I, I think because, that there because, is so much that they have to build off of this game. They have such a young team. There are not a lot of juniors and seniors on this squad. That on Louisville or Alabama? No, Alabama. Okay. And I think that Nick Saban knows that, and he is he knows how to get the most out of his players. And for players like Najee Harris, who is the number one recruit of, of anybody a couple of years ago, is going to be a sophomore now, and I think that he's got to get the ball rolling. He didn't have a great freshman year. I think that this is a game that they're just simply overlooking because they're they're – not worried about Ole Miss at going to Ole Miss week three, but that's a game that they always circle on their schedule because that is a game that they could see themselves losing. I don't think they see themselves losing this game, and I think they do jump up to the big lead, but then bring in these extra guys because Nick Saban does this kind of thing what Belichick does where early in the year you bring in guys that are third stringers, second stringers, yeah, so, so that – when it comes, when you actually get an injury, oh, this guy's actually played a game before. He's not nervous. He doesn't got the jelly belly. But let's look at let's look at Louisville. Louisville has a matchup edge, and that is insane to think about. Louisville actually has a matchup edge over Alabama. They have an improved passing attack. Javon Pass. He's a better actual quarterback inside the pocket quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Yes, you heard that right. Better than Lamar Jackson at throwing the football. And Bama is very I'm inexperienced. I'm not surprised Lamar Jackson was a runner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Bama is very inexperienced in the dime package. Yes, and that's, that's 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 the yes, sixth defensive back. They have to replace all six of their of their top DBs. And that is something that Louisville is going to exploit because they have a top five wide receiver unit. And two two of the wide receivers are going to get drafted into the NFL. And that's that's just that's just the truth about it. They're going to exploit that, and I think they're gonna put some points up. And I, Bobby Petrino thinks this offense will be better than last year's offense. And last year's offense was, was very good. Lamar Jackson actually had a better year last year than he did his Heisman year. And Louisville has only been a double-digit underdog in the Bobby Petrino era one time, and they covered it. This is the largest underdog role of any Louisville team since 2000. Now tell me something. Mm-hmm. Has the Louisville quarterback ever thrown a college pass in his career? Jawan Pass? Yes. Yes, last year... I mean, he uh, has he ever started a game? Has he started a game? Probably not because okay. because Lamar Jackson did. But he did last now, year. He went twenty three for thirty three, throwing the ball sixty nine percent, two hundred thirty eight yards, two touchdowns. Now tell me that this doesn't mean anything, but I think it means something. Now, 
Alabama's defense may not be as vaunted as it might be to end the season because mm-hmm. we both know it'll be better. Yep. And it'll Agreed. probably be a top three defense in the country at the end of the season. Yep. But coming into this game, you have never started a college game and you have to go up against Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, no, that I, is one hell of a challenge. No, now, I agree. if this game is in the middle of the season and he's got some confidence, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe I can agree with you. Maybe they don't cover the 25. They're going to cover this game. No, I think if this game was in the middle of the season, they would they – would, I, th- I would say the exact opposite. They're okay, more so, likely to— So we totally disagree. Totally disagree. But, but you know what? <laughs> to go—it's like, you know what? And I hate to go back to our teams in baseball, but it's like Chance Adams coming up to pitch Who? against the— Remember Chance Who? Adams? No, man. Let's, let's he, not he, bring he up co- baseball. He, this he is co- totally freaking different, man. No, I'm just saying that it's it's like coming up, and he had to pitch his first game against the Red Sox, who were—they on were, who were, they just lost five of— they just uh, lost five of six games, right? But before that, they're on this historic pace— and you come up for your major league debut, and you've got to go against the vaunted Red Sox offense with Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez and all these players. It's the same type of situation. He's got to come in, and he's got to face the most feared coach and feared team in college football, and I think that that's going to be a challenge. But you and it see, may not be physically, but you see the but exact opposite happen where, where, where it's like, yes, this guy that nobody's ever heard of before goes up against this amazing team, and he ends up balling out, and that player ends up becoming a star. You hear the exact opposite scenario just as often as you hear the well, scenario you just gave I, I guess we're, it's it's too seen and how it will play out. We'll see that's Saturday fair. night. So, I'll be watching it. But you know what? I won't be surprised if he gets scared off, and it's mental. It okay. may not be a physical thing, That's but fair. it could be mental. That's fair. Okay. So, yeah, I got I got Louisville. Um, especially got, that 25, 24 and a half. Eh. I've got uh, Alabama. All right. Uh, and, you, and you got the five-star with that. Five star. I'll take I'll take Louisville. I'll give it I'll give it about a uh, three-star. So you're not as confident. No. So right no. In, I mean, right so, 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 like, so, here, so here's the thing with this, though. Alabama is sort of like New England in the sense that you don't bet against them except in situations like this. But even in situations like this, you just don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. That's that's fair enough. Moving on. What right, we got? We got Michigan and Notre Dame okay. at Notre Dame. This Another is in game. South Bend. Now, this is crazy. College, <laughs> I, I went, college games day is going to be in South Bend for the first time in six years. Yeah. No, this is this is going to be the game of uh, this is, this is the game of, of Saturday. This is crazy, though. Just listen to this. And we went over this before. So when this game first opened up, Notre Dame was a seven-point favorite. Then the line went from being Michigan to a three-point favorite. Then Michigan got some injuries. They dropped down to a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Last week when I was filling these out on my on my board, I had Michigan as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That's what you were going off of uh, earlier. And then all of a sudden, over the course of like a week— it goes from Michigan a one and a half point favorite to now Notre Dame is back to being a one point favorite. I like Michigan. I think they get the outright upset. This is the best Michigan team that Jim Harbaugh has had. Okay, Shea Patterson, he's so much better. I don't think he's an amazing quarterback, but he's so much better than whatever they had last year. They threw like nine total touchdowns last year, so you probably could throw me out there and you get a better result than whatever they had last year. Notre Dame, they have to replace. The two, the two best offensive linemen in all of college football. They they got drafted. They were the first two offensive linemen drafted. Uh, the guy from, that's now on the Colts and the guy that's now on the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> or the, sorry, uh, the, uh, uh, Mike McGlinchey yeah. and uh, uh, Quentin Nelson. Yes, thank you. They have to replace a a very good wide receiver. They have to replace a very good running back. And Michigan has one of the best defenses in the country, right up there with Clemson, right up there with Alabama. Give me Michigan. Right now, who you got? 
I've got Notre Dame. Oh, my God. Now, I, I love this Notre Dame team. I think they're going to be a pretty good team this year. It's going to be the first time that college game day I mentioned earlier. It's going to be in South Bend for the first time in six years. I think that actually gives Notre Dame a home field advantage. There's going to be a lot of rambunctious crowds there. It's going to be different than the normal Notre Dame game there. I think there's going to be some extra hype around the stadium. Okay. And uh, this could be a pick em in reality. These teams are extremely— I mean, no, it, it, it basically is a pick em at this point. I mean, the, the line is— Flipped back between one and a half point favorite to one team, one point favorite to the other team. It's basically a pick 'em. Now, now Michigan actually owns the edge in the recent rivalry. Uh, they've won six of the last nine, and they they've been six and three against the spread. So you're actually picking the favorite, even though they're the underdog in a sense. <laughs> um, but you know what? The and they they returned sixteen starters this year. Who's they? But, uh, Michigan. Okay. But you know what? The Irish returned fifteen. <laughs> right there, right, right there, and you know what? The Irish went ten and three last year. They went five and eight, uh, eight and five against the spread, including a win against LSU in the bowl game. Notre Dame started eight and one last year, and uh, I think they have a hot start again. Except I don't think they fall off this year. People underrate Brian Kelly as a coach. I think he's a great coach. I think he had the one one down year, but all in all, he's a top ten coach in this country. No, I disagree with that, but I also think this is interesting. They haven't played each other. They used to play each other every year. They haven't played each other since 2014. Yes. 2014, Jim Harbaugh was not the coach of this team. No, he was. So they have never played with Jim Harbaugh as the coach. I think that's that's just an interesting thing that that I that I've seen and yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, anything now, anything else from this game? They they've only played 9 times since 1978 though. Wow. Okay. If my math is correct here. Okay. Uh the, the, however, you know, after meeting almost Oh, actually no, I'm sorry. I lied. I read that wrong. <laughs> okay. I've, I've been. All right. So I, you I got, need to start so you, writing so you, my notes. So you got here. Notre Dame. I got Michigan. What do you? What do you? Uh, is it one to five stars? Notre Dame. What do you? Think? Uh, I would say three. Right in the middle. Three. Okay. I'm yeah, not I, super confident because the Michigan very well could win this game. I could see it going either way. But yeah, I'm I got, roll, I'm I got Michigan them. four stars on this and, game. And I just want to clarify: they actually met every season basically since 1978 to 2004. Okay, the same thing. <laughs> not really. <laughs> totally not really. Not, not really. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Let's go on to the next game. We got Washington versus Auburn. This game is in Atlanta. Auburn is a one and a half point favorite. It's actually funny too because when last week. Auburn was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. More people people were like, wow, I think Washington's not going to lose by that much, or they're going to win. I think it's very interesting, though, because this game is in Atlanta, clo- obviously much closer to Auburn than it is to Washington. The turf the turf in this field, I think it helps Auburn significantly. It brings out the speed. And this is the third straight game in this stadium for Auburn, actually, which is actually kind of funny because they lost the previous two, but I still value this as an edge because they're used to the locker rooms, they're used to the venue, they're used to the atmosphere, and Washington, it, it just isn't. Uh, the games Auburn lost were to Georgia in the SEC championship game and then the the Peach Bowl to UCF. Auburn, I think they're a much deeper team than Washington. Obviously, Washington has the edge at quarterback, but Washington, over the past seven years, when they travel... East of the Mississippi, yep, they're one three and one against, against the spread. spread yeah. Oh, you had that stat, very yep, nice. And they're two and three straight up. Yeah. So, and one of their games, I think they went to they went to Rutgers last year, and nobody gets up for Rutgers, but like, <laughs> but they went to Rutgers, and they were like a thirty point favorite. Well, you can't be a thirty point favorite and then give up points, and they gave up points, and they only scored thirty, so they they obviously didn't cover. I know it's against Rutgers. You're probably not waking up for Rutgers. You're obviously going to be waking up for Auburn. But that's just one thing I wanted to bring up because 
It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if they're playing Rutgers or somebody good. They're just not good against the spread when they go east of the Mississippi. Both defense, I think, are are good, but Auburn actually plays in a much they play much tougher defenses. So Auburn is used to going against good defense. But is Washington? No, there's no other. I mean, there's Stanford's a good defense, but that's the only other good defense in the Pac-12. Washington lost uh, their wide receivers. They have no good wide receivers. They're actually ranked eighth in the Pac-12 in wide receiver, and Auburn has great defensive backs. So how are they even going to score on this team? I don't know. I don't, that's if, the one thing I was going to bring yeah. up is that it's going to be hard there. Washington's strength this year is going to be running the ball with Miles Gaskin, yeah. and Auburn's got a great defensive line. Yeah, exactly, and in all— I mean, all these numbers, I mean, I want to pick Washington. I have Jake Browning as my Heisman candidate. But I think Washington can lose this game and still get into the playoff, and I think that's what's going to happen. This line used to be at 2.5-3 favoring Auburn, which I would pick Washington at that point. I'd pick them at 3, but it dropped so much, I have to pick Auburn at minus 1.5. Well, I've got— And and uh, my my rating is a 1.0 one star on this because I think this game is going to be really close. I would go with a one star too. I've got it at two and a half, um, but it, you okay, said yeah. that it changed yeah, to it one changed. and a half. Yes, yes. I'm still rolling with Washington, but like you said, yeah, no, if, it's, if, it, one, if it's two and a half, two. I lean more towards Washington. If it's a one and a half, I lean more towards Auburn. So it's like it's that close, and I think this game really could go either way. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I would go with a one or two, but I'm going to roll with Washington, either one and a half or two and a half regardless. Okay. All right, anything, anything else in this game? No. All right, let's move on to the final game we have. We have Florida Atlantic. My Owls. Who? Who? <laughs> Go, going to. Please, o- never go, again. Going to Oklahoma. <laughs> the current spread's at 20 and a half. It, I mean, it was, it's been at 21 for uh, a very long time. Now, this one's tough for me because I could honestly see Oklahoma just routing Florida Atlantic. But I went to the power rankings that, that I follow and that I, that I have, and I have FAU somewhere around the 40th best team. But you know who else is in that range that I have? I have Iowa State, slightly better than FAU. I have Kansas State, slightly worse than than FAU. And Texas Tech, slightly worse than Kansas State. Now, would Oklahoma be a 21-point favorite over Iowa State or K-State? Well, I mean, they were a 31-point favorite at home last year against Iowa State, and they lost outright, all right? So I don't think FAU is that much worse than Iowa State. They may be even better. FAU is a top-10 running back unit, uh, Singletary. He could, honestly, low-key Heisman candidate for anybody that's outside of a Power 5 conference. Uh, Singletary, amazing running back. He's going to go in the NFL. Top 40 wide receiver unit, top 30 offensive line, top 50 defensive line, and a top 25 DB unit, secondary unit. Look, I don't think they're going to win this game by any means. And one more thing, they were a 31-point dog last year to Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, and they only lost that game by 17. So, like, when when you give FAU this big spread, they, they're, they've been covering it under Lane Kiffin. I mean, and I think year two under Lane Kiffin, players are going to take that next step. Yeah. And now, now you have not only one full off season with them, but two full off seasons, and, and you're bringing back your leading rusher and, and Singletary, like you mentioned. Yeah. I, do I think FAU is going to be anything? You know, top twenty five team this year. It's if, possible. If they win this game, they will be. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, they're um, actually rated out just outside of the top twenty five, which I think is crazy. But do, do I think they win this game? No. If I had to pick one or the other straight up, I'm giving you an Oklahoma with a five. But I'm gonna say FAU covers a spread twenty and a half. Yeah. I go with a five with that too because I'm very confident. I think FAU is talented. I think they're on the rise as a college football team, and you know, don't don't be shocked. 
if FAU upsets them for some way, shape, or form. I mean, they have a lot of talent on this team. It's not like Rutgers is going into Oklahoma. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And this is, I, I just think it's interesting that FAU is put in this situation because if they win this game, they're going to be in the top 25. And, the, I mean, the rest of their schedule is so much easier compared to that. They could end up running the table. And then what do you end up doing? But I, I think that's, I don't think they have any chance of winning this game at all. They were 10-3-1 uh, ten, ten against I, the spread last year. I think they're going to end up losing by about 17 points. So. I, I would say maximum 14. I think Oklahoma, as we know, is yeah. two segments, uh, two podcasts ago. I think they're a little bit overrated this year. But I haven't covered the spread. I haven't covered them 20 and a half. I have also definitely covering 21. Yes. Oh, 100%. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll give it a three. Okay, I, I, I said five. Okay, yeah. I actually believe that there's no chance Oklahoma covers this spread. <laughs> I think the FAU is too good of a team. And Don't this is not us. this is not an Alabama not an Alabama Louisville matchup here. <laughs> like what I did there. Yeah, All right. Uh you got anything pretty... else to add? Uh no, that's that's it for Florida Atlantic and Oklahoma. I, I wanted to just touch back two minutes. I, I kinda wanted to give my uh Yeah, go ahead. So I agree with you. 18 games should be an NFL season, not 16. You should, t- should take away the preseason. It kind of means nothing. Most of us don't even watch it. I'm a huge football fan. You're a huge football fan. How I much watch preseason. preseason. I do? do watch it, but I'm a freaking nerd for this shit. Okay, uh, but all right. <laughs> now, switching sports for a second, I'm a nerd for hockey. Yeah. And you know that. I don't watch a single Devils preseason game. I just That's just who that's I am. That's crazy to me, though. That's just who not I am, though. So not to watch preseason football is not different from, from any other sport. I don't yeah. watch spring training. It's just it does, it's uninteresting to me. So you, you take away all but one, the one preseason game, you get the players in there, you, you, you get your starters in there for one quarter. Let them, you know, just get the ball rolling a little bit. Get get their feet wet for the season. You give three quarters to see what the rest of your team has in a game situation. And then you start the regular season. And they should change the bye weeks on how they do it. It shouldn't be weeks 4 through 12. It should be weeks 6 and 7. Half go 6, half go 7. So that way nobody has an advantage of, well, you know what? We had our bye week in week 4. I wish yeah. we had it at 12. And then you go 12 and 13. Right, so it's basically ha- you split the season up yep. into three segments. Yeah, everybody has those two bye weeks in the same spot, basically. So nobody has a disadvantage. You play eighteen regular season games, and you're not taking away anything in that sense. Yeah, no, uh, sounds great to me. So, I, 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 but I basically agree with everything you said. The, the slight change I would have would be bye weeks on the certain weeks, and okay. you have one preseason game just to kind of get everybody's feet wet and see what your backups do have. Okay. All right. Uh, that's pretty much everything we got. We got. Uh, no, sorry. We got one more thing. Crazy thing you saw from the week. Uh, there was this video about Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and uh, I, I had a feel. You probably had a feeling I'd go to this, but you know what? It was pretty crazy because you don't see this very often. Usually, a pro athlete is going with the money, no matter what. Yep. Uh, somebody offers you three years, thirty million dollars, all guaranteed. You're taking that because nobody it's else is offering. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Th- yeah three years, thirty yeah. million yeah, per year. Per, year, yeah, per yeah. year. Sorry about that. And Kirk Cousins actually came out on his videos about 14 minutes long. If you have time, <laughs> go and watch it on Facebook. It's actually really interesting. I watched the whole thing last night. And the Jets came in and offered him three years, 30, 30 million per year, fully guaranteed, so 90 million total. And Kirk Cousins basically said, "Well, that's great. The Jets came in at 90 million, fully guaranteed." I wonder what the Vikings are going to come come up to. <laughs> Basically admitting, I'm never going to sign with the Jets. But they're leveraging my contract with the Vikings. Yeah. And that's what happened. He got three years, 28 per mil per year for the Vikings. Yep. They took the offer. And you know what? 
to end this little segment, that's crazy because you don't see that very often. And uh, and to get it on camera and not just hear it from one way yeah. or another, it was really, really it's cool. from the horse's mouth. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I actually think both teams work out. I think that Kirk Cousins is a better fit with the Vikings. I think Sam Darnold to grow up with the Jets, a young team, just both better fit. I think it worked out in the long run for everybody. Absolutely. All right, my crazy thing that I saw from the week, Tom Brady hanging up on WEEI <laughs> radio on questions revolving Alex Guerrero. They just keep pestering him about... Oh, hey, yeah, Alex Guerrero's going to be joining the team. And Brady's like, yeah, I'm not talking about this. He's very, being actually very polite about, yeah, he yeah I don't want to talk it. about this. Like, just, just move on. Silence. And like, and they, they keep, like, hounding him and hounding him. And, like, these are Boston guys. Like, and you're hounding Tom Brady. It's like, give the dude a break. And I, I just don't understand. This is the thing that bothers me. Why are we so hung up on, like, Brady having his own athletic trainer when LeBron has his own athletic trainer. We expect we expect the greats from every other sport to have their own athletic trainer because, you know, personalize the fitness to fit you so that you are the best that you can be. And all these players are doing it because it's better for their brand. It, it helps them out. They don't need to have some cookie-cutter workout designed for every player when it's not going to work out for them. Why are we so hung up on Tom Brady doing this when— I mean, he and this is the thing that it's it's great to see that the player has control like this. Where last year Guerrero wasn't allowed, now he is because it helps Brady out, and now Gronk's doing it, and other players in the Patriots are doing it because these players actually value what this guy is telling them. And it's the same thing. I love that Aaron Rodgers has that kind of power. Where yeah, no, I'm not taking any franchise tag from you guys. That's not going to be part of any contract at all. So I like that the, the fact that these players are actually having some power. And can we stop like just like getting so hung up yeah, about it's a media Tom story? Yeah, exactly about Tom Brady having a, a personal trainer with him. Like it's completely freaking normal. My my biggest question is why just doesn't he become the Patriots trainer at this point? Yeah, I don't, if, I don't if know. most players prefer him, why not go to him? Um, quickly though, before we end, I actually yes. just got some news on my phone here. What's up? The asking price for Khalil Mack is at least two first-round picks, and the Raiders aren't motivated to move him. I can tell you right now, the Raiders are screwing this relationship up. I don't think Khalil Mack ever plays another down for the Raiders. I think this is the biggest mistake John Gruden's going to make coaching the Raiders, letting Khalil Mack sit out like this and not going out on a limb and saying, you know what? He's our star player on defense. We need him to rush the passer because pass rushing is the second most important position on the football field behind a quarterback. And you know what? We need him in the building instead of saying, you know what? He's out there. He comes when he comes. We'll get it done when it gets done, whatever he's saying. Basically not caring about it. I think this is the biggest mistake they're going to make. Yeah, I think that asking price is actually perfect. If I was a team and I, and I had two first-round draft picks, I mean, are you going to get a Khalil Mack with, with a first-round draft pick? Probably not. So, and, and Khalil Mack could honestly be the next like Ray Lewis. Maybe not Ray Lewis, but he could be same kind of level of player, maybe Brian Urlacher kind of, kind well, of level of player. So I think I would take him. I think, yeah, I agree with you. everything you said on the Raiders. They're completely... It, Complete idiots for doing this. John Gruden is going to be one of the biggest blunders if he can't get them signed, which it's looking every day more and more like it's not going to happen. Now, the one reason that I see teams going off the deep end with this and not wanting to give up two first-rounders because this particular draft class coming up, uh, starting with Nick Bosa, who's loaded supposed with to be, linebacker, yeah, better than his brother Joey Bosa. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a loaded pass rush, pass, pass rush. Uh, Class. class, so yeah. so I don't think teams are wanting to give up that two firsts or even a fur. Yeah, uh, I could see it. So th I think that's what the holdup is here. But coming up next week, 
We're gonna have another loaded show for you. You're you're hosting it by yourself. Yeah, it's gonna be one of the more basic shows that we yep, that yep. we've had. I'll, I'll traditional have an shows. Rant. Uh, I'm gonna go over a final quarter again. Yep. We're gonna bring back the final quarter, and uh, and I'll come up with something clever for the show. I'll make it pretty cool. It's probably not gonna be as long as today's show, because <laughs> <laughs> you can only talk to yourself so much. Yeah. But uh, it, it'll be a good show, and I uh, hope you have a good time up at FA, uh, FSU. Yep. It's going to be a good time for you. College football is always a great place Love to be it. around. I'm so excited. Uh, do a keg stand for me. No, I'll be scouting, bro. Scouting. Yeah, scouting, scouting kegs <laughs> stand on. <laughs> You're listening to BTH. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.